This is the Instrumental Music Curriculum Podcast from Valdosta State University. I am Dr. Benjamin Harper. Ronnie Hill shares how marching band achieves curricular goals at Lee County High School. So what is the point of marching band in the overall music curriculum? That That's actually a good question because I haven't figured out the why of marching band that by its very nature provides value to the music p- curriculum. I'm just not sure why marching band exists as a part of the daily music curriculum for three or four months out of the year. There's a lot of external factors why marching band, like athletic team support or school spirit. Uh, it's the largest audience your band will see during the academic year, and, and that can provide a sense of community pride and identity. Athletic bands are about 100 years old. They originated in the United States, and they are not really found anywhere else in the world. And they've so ingrained themselves into the high school and collegiate football, basketball, and yes, even hockey band experience, um, that they've become almost unavoidable everywhere you go. So if marching band is unavoidable, what should you be teaching? Well, here's a little formula. Visual fundamentals are 51% of what your audience hears, and music fundamentals are the other 51% of what your audience hears. They're both equally important. And really what matters is that you put a good product on the field, and you need to make sure that your band sounds good and that they look good. No one ever said, man, I wish this marching band show was harder, and no one ever said, gee golly, wouldn't it be nice if we had double the amount of drill? No, stick to the basics, make it easier than you think is necessary, so that way when you go out on Friday night or Saturday afternoon, the band is going to be successful, they're gonna look good, and they're gonna sound good. So should you compete? Well, this is kind of a tricky subject because the moment you attach a reward system like points or trophies or a rating like superior or excellent or division one, division two ratings, you immediately devalue the intrinsic nature of music. Now students are extrinsically motivated instead of intrinsically motivated. And some band directors will argue that it doesn't matter if motivation is intrinsic or extrinsic. As long as students practice and can demonstrate the skills, then that is equitable to success. And I argue that motivation needs to be intrinsic to create motivation that sticks, which will allow students to move through the higher levels of Maslow's hierarchy on their own, whereas extrinsic motivation prevents them from synthesis of new information. It kind of becomes a mindset of what do I need to know now instead of how can I use what I already know to create new information. And as you know, marching band is kind of on a time limit. You only get so many hours of rehearsal and usually there's a lot more to put together than just music. You have visuals that you need to clean. You have places you need to go on field in association with the music. Music has to be memorized. So there's a lot of additional factors that go into what do I need to know now just to be in survival mode 
Whereas if you give students the extra space and time to learn fundamentals and learn skills and apply skills in new different ways to create new information, uh, that becomes a much more successful educational experience for your students. Sometimes competition is an expectation from the students, administration, parents, or the community. You're just going to be stuck with it in some situations. And if you walk into a school where the band competes and you do not agree agree with that, too bad you're competing and you need to keep your opinions to yourself. It's still just a matter of how you approach competitions. Really, you just need to teach your tail off and you individually need to not care about the judges' scores and not make a big deal out of ratings, points, or trophies. If you walk into a situation where the band does not compete and you feel very strongly that bands should compete, I really cannot recommend that you start competing in any form. First of all, they don't have the tradition of competition and do not understand what it takes to compete. Often communities are just totally shocked by the amount of time and money and energy and uh, motivation that are needed to sustain a competitive marching band. So unless that tradition exists, it can be very, very, very difficult to get it started. You should plan on five to seven years before it finally takes root. The other thing is that it can become a monster that you individually may not be prepared for unless you can provide strong leadership to your students and to the school district and have everybody on board with what this is going to take in terms of time, energy, money, motivation, additional staff, the extra weekends uh, for competition, but also extra rehearsals, or even uh, Saturdays building set pieces or props. Uh, Your parents will need to come in and donate some time and money. So there's just a lot of hurdles that you will need to overcome and just provide really strong leadership. Really, it's just the approach that you take in marching band that matters. Some schools that you go to only have a Friday night pep band. Some of them have a Friday night marching band, which is everybody, and then a Saturday competition band, which is auditioned or volunteer. Or some schools have bands uh, small enough where they do Friday night and competitions. It just depends on the situation, and what, what truly makes the difference is how you, as the music teacher, approach it. Are you going to be teaching music, and are you going to be teaching marching fundamentals in a way that is easy and approachable Uh, or are you going to go whole hog on the competition thing and make that the pillar of your entire music curriculum which I highly advise against really the music curriculum should be centered around concert band it's like a, a bicycle wheel the concert band is the center of the wheel it's the axle and you have different spokes all coming out from the center of the wheel going out and supporting the bicycle as it travels down the road uh, some of those spokes could be marching band could be pep band at basketball or hockey god forbid we start hockey band here in south georgia uh, it could be chamber music or jazz band uh, solos private lessons you can have many spokes coming out from the center of your wheel as long as the primary supporting part of your program is concert band and that is where all of the effort is is uh, directed and then all of the spokes coming out are 
supporting the center of your wheel. They're supporting concert band. Uh, really, the music you choose, especially in marching band, should be the best music available for achieving your curricular goals. Yes, of course, you want to have a theme, and yes, of course, you want to perform popular music, but are you achieving curricular goals? Are you making it from point A to point B so that students can rise themselves through Maslow's hierarchy and get to point C? And how does marching band support your concert band goals so that once you get done with marching band season and roll into concert band, what are the adjustments that have to be made to get into concert band? Ideally, not many. Your, your marching band is promoting concert band values, except you're not doing it, it in an indoor venue sitting down. You're doing it outside. Sometimes I call marching band stand-up band and concert band sit-down band. That's not uncommon throughout the band world. But really, they're still both band, and they both need to achieve curricular goals. And the question is, are you going to be a band director, or are you going to be a music teacher for the first three months of the academic year? Ronnie Hill is director of bands and assistant principal at Lee County High School in Leesburg, Georgia. He is perhaps one of the more successful band directors in South Georgia, and he's got a good thing going on, so you should hinge on every word he says. Mr. Hill, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you. Hey, nice to meet you. How's it going, Noah? Glad you could have us here. We're excited. Let's start with the first question we ask everybody. All right. Share with us your teaching experience and what was your path in life to get to where you are now? Oh, teaching experience. Well, um, I started off student teaching, kind of pretty much where everybody does. Um, I student taught in the fall during marching band. It's kind of ironic that we're talking about marching band, but I student taught in the fall. That was my first experience and I graduated uh, on Saturday and I started teaching Monday morning uh, at a middle school. And so it was kind of jump in the fire, here you go. Um, so I, t- I taught at Bloomfield Middle School in Macon and Bibb County. Um, I started uh, in December and then in January, the kids came back and I had band kids in front of me. When I first got to Bloomfield, uh, the band room was a math classroom. Uh, the band room was full of desks and they did a math remediation and support for the lowest math kids in the school. Now, Bloomfield Middle School was 96% poor, free and reduced lunch. It was the worst of the worst. It was nobody wanted to be there, which is the reason why I, it was open in December for me to go. Um, so I came up with a strategy to get band kids and we got band kids and, and we took off. Um, I started my master's in January after I graduated. So my first year teaching, I was still in my master's program. A little bit different how the MAT is set up for you guys down there, um, but definitely trying to accomplish the same thing that that MAT program uh, does. It creates a highly qualified candidate, and you're able to do everything and have your master's within five years so you can get paid more money. Um, so I did a similar path, just, just a little bit, you know, a little bit different. Um, I spent two years teaching middle school, and then I – went to the high school that was uh, across town, to Howard High School in Macon, and spent six years there uh, cutting my teeth, learning. It was, a, it was a 
baby program when I got there. We were excited to have 40 kids in the marching band. I think I had the newspaper come out my very first year. And uh, I think the article says, like, uh, Mr. Hill's got 49 kids in the marching band. And, you know, everybody was excited. And I played stock charts. I did, like, ABC and uh, Shaft, uh, you know, Motown favorites or something like that. Uh, you know, one of those good crowd pleaser shows. It's your first. It's your first go around. You're, you're into a new place. You got to please them, right? You can never go wrong with stock charts that oh, make your band sound good. No, I didn't know it. You know, so we did some stock charts and and um, we started growing. We started growing. My um, next year we got a little bit bigger. The next year we got a little bit bigger, and and by year four we were up to about 120 kids in the band. So, you know, we doubled it and some. Uh, and, and the first thing we did for the marching band to kind of, you know, tailor it to us is we changed the percussion parts. Uh, so we had stock music our second year, but we had custom percussion. And so I sold that to the kids like, hey, guys, we're writing drum parts just for you. Uh, little did they know we just were not that good. And so we tailored the parts to their ability, but they were happy because it gave them a sense of ownership. And so that was fantastic. And then the next year, we did the same thing. Uh, year four, we did one custom arranged piece. Um, year five, we did it all show was custom. It, it was written just for us. And again, we just sold the kids on. We're getting so good um, that we're getting music written just for us. I mean, how wonderful and awesome is that? Um, and so we, we just had a blast. And then uh, somebody gave me a call and said, hey, would you think about coming to Leesburg, Georgia? And I said, where? And they said, Lee, Lee County. Lee County High School's uh, going to be looking for a band director. Um, are you, are you think you'd be interested? I said, no. Uh -uh. I don't know where that is. And they said, it's Albany. I said, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going there. Sorry. Um, and, um, and so I did my research, and they said, man, it's a great place. I think you'd really like it. They've got a great foundation there. They just need... Uh, some energy interjected in, into the brand program. And I think that you could do a good job there. Just, just, just listen and see what's going on. And so I listened and I talked to some people and I told my wife, I said, Hey, how about I apply for Lee County? And she did the same thing. I did what, where is that? Oh my gosh. Um, and I did it and was fortunate enough to get the job. And we started working my interview. She said, Mr. Hill, uh, what are you going to do with 50 people in the marching band? You know, Again, you're hired as the band director, but what they really want to know is by, by the marching band. It's the most visible ensemble that any school has. Any school has. And a place like Lee County, where it's a big-time football area, it's really, really huge. Um, she said, what are you going to do with 50 kids? And when I got the question, I was like, 50? I just came from that. Oh, my gosh. Why are we starting over? I said, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I started naming some stuff. And she asked me about props on the field. And I said, well, I think, I think with 50 people, I use some props to kind of limit the space. You know, I got a big old football field. I need to shrink down my performance area to kind of make 50 look like something. And so – she liked the idea and I got in front of the kids and, and I think they liked what we were doing and we had a good time and I, I landed the job and we started growing. We started growing. Uh, we went from 50 to 89 to 106 and we crossed 106 my second year. Oh my gosh, we were so happy. Third year, uh, 140. And then this year before COVID hit, we were expecting uh, 183 kids in the marching band which was fantastic. It landed us the opportunity to get an assistant at the high school. I mean, and, and things have just been, been fantastic here. Um, so, 
this is year 13, I think it is, for me. Uh, year, year 12, 13, and, and I'm super excited. What's your philosophy of music education? Uh, music education is an art form. It's truly the greatest of the arts, but, but it's something that encompasses all of the academic disciplines. So, for, for instance, we talk about history. The history teachers teaching history. We teach history. I mean, we can go back to like basics, Mozart and Beethoven. We do that kind of history. That's the plain Jane. That's the, the, the book, you know. But we also talk about history when we play things like um, Lopresti's uh, Elegy for a Young American. We talk about FDR. We talk about the uh, assassination. We talk about this. And so we've integrated and weaved in some, some history that way. Uh, we weave in math. We talk about counting. We talk about divisions of the beat. Uh, we get really complex with pieces like, uh, you came last year, we did Hymn to a Blue Hour. What a counting nightmare. A beautiful piece, all this lyrical, all this beauty, all this everything, but we're talking four, two, six, two, five, eight, seven, eight, all the everything changes. And so they get their math. They get some math in there. Um, we get science. Science is the easy one. We talk about tuning and intonation and sound waves and what a 440, what is 440? Why do we talk about 440? What does it hurt? What is it? And so we, we encompass that. Uh, we do literature. Uh, we mentioned earlier, earlier that we're doing um, our, our marching band show this year is The Great Gatsby. And so we're doing some cross-curricular stuff there where all of our 11th graders uh, read The Great Gatsby as, as one of their novels. And so we're doing some cross-curricular stuff. The seniors that found out that we're doing Great Gatsby loved it. They were like, oh my gosh, I just read that book. I know what's going on. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? And so we integrate. We talk about the green light and what that means to be on the boat dock. We talk about uh, the 20s. We were punting on 2020 and the roaring 20s and stuff like that. Um, and so I, we use music to kind of take all of the students' academic stuff and center it. We give them a place to express themselves. We give them a place to, to get out of the monotony of sitting down, get my pen, get my paper, take notes. And we give them a chance to, to you know, walk around the room, get your instrument, use the restroom. I have a restroom in the building. You know, just the, the stuff that they don't normally get to do. We give them that outlet. We give them that outlet. And, and then we, we tie it all together. We give them a place in the school. We give them ownership, you know. Before I got here, it was only a handful of kids would be proud to, to wear their band letterman jacket. You know, we would have, you know, 10 or 15 kids have their band letterman jackets, but they, they just wouldn't wear them that often. We passed out band letterman jackets uh, the other day. We had 35, 40 kids. Come, hey, I don't get my jacket. I don't get my jacket. You know, I've earned that jacket. I've been, you know, they're proud to be a part of the band. And so we give them a place in the school, and then we give them a place in the community. Um, here, it's a one-horse town. It's real small. Um, we did the numbers. I think there's less than 3,000 people in Leesburg, in Leesburg proper. Uh, Lee County, uh, there may be 30,000. So it's a very, very small place. There's more students probably at Valdosta State than all of this county. Um, and so we give them a place in the school and a place in the community. And so uh, music education is that all-encompassing thing. It's what ties uh, your life and your education as a high school student. Great. What are the goals of the Lee County Band Program? And, and the way we talk about this in my class are, what are the essential learnings for your students? Our, our goals. Um, well, the goals for the band program often 
stem from the personal goals of the director. Um, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to conduct or perform this literature. And so my goals for my students are to be able to <laughs> kind of selfishly help me achieve mine. You know, I want to perform at Midwest. I want to perform at GMEA. I want to do those kind of things. So what do we have to do? Well, we got to learn how to play. We got to learn how to count. We got to learn our scales. We've got to learn those weed things. Um, we do some music theory stuff. Um, so, you know, the goal for the, for the band program for here, it, they were very specific when they hired me. They wanted a marching band that would reflect a 6A high school. They were tired of going and, and they were tired of having 40 or 50 people and, and, and Houston County got 350. Or Valdosta at the time had 200 kids. They, they, they wanted a marching band that looked like the school is. This is a 6A high school. It's, you know, there's only one classification bigger than us. I mean, this is the home to, to music greats and athletic greats. You got to think, uh, Buster Posey, Hall of Famer, baseball players from here. Uh, if anybody watches American Idol, Philip Phillips is from here. Any country music fans, Luke Bryan's from here. And so they have high expectations on athletics and the arts. And so they want, they, they wanted a big program. So our goal is to grow the band program. We want to see, you know, we look at it as percentages and numbers and we're data driven. We want 10% of the school. I want 10% of the school involved in the band. Um, we have 1900 kids. I want 190 kids in the, in the doggone marching band uh, to achieve that goal. We're successful size wise. If we hit that mark of 10%. Um, and then we want the kids to be fluent. We want to represent our school and our community at district level events at region level events with region honor band, uh, South Georgia region honor band. And we want to represent at all state. And we've been fortunate enough all four years to have uh, somebody from our school represent us at all those different levels. And so, you know, it, it takes learning about music, not just band, but learning about music to create that well-rounded musician that is, that is able to be productive uh, in the music world here and there. How does marching band support your overall music curriculum at Lee County High School? We use marching band as the hook. It's the hook. It's what gets you into the band program. Again, marching band is the most visible uh, performance ensemble that you'll have. At Lee County, we had poor attendance right now. You know, COVID and all that kind of stuff. I think our first game, we only had fifteen or 1,600 people at our first game. That was, that's, that's low attendance for us. I won't have 1,500 people come to two concerts, you know. Our auditorium doesn't sit that many. So I, I would have to have two concerts to have as many people see me one time. As the games get rolling, you know, I was, like I said, we were fortunate enough to win some state championships. Our, our average attendance is four or 5,000 people up to 9,000. We played lounge the other day. There were 7,000 people at a football game. I can't – I won't – my kids, if we only did concert band, will not have an opportunity to perform in front of 7,000 people at one time ever. Ever. Um, so we use it as the hook. Uh, come be a part of this thing. It's loud. It's fun. It's a social activity. Um, you know, we, 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 you know, tear down that stigma of, you know, band geeks and band nerds. No, no, this is a place for you. Come on. Be a part of it. This is your home. This is your family. Uh, we have fun. We can still have fun and do this. Uh, we use this as an outlet to travel. We sell, hey, you're going to experience some things that the normal person won't get to experience. Uh, we've done a cruise to Mexico here. Um, we got a chance to perform in front of 
millions because we went to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans uh, when UGA played Texas. Uh, and then we were scheduled to go to San Antonio. Uh, we have students that participate in the Georgia Ambassadors Program where they go to, you know, have a chance to go to Europe and do that kind of thing. We were invited to perform with the London New Year's Day Parade. So we use the marching band as that hook to get the kids involved in music. I want to be a part of that. I want to travel. I want to go to Europe. I want, how do I do that? Well, the, in Europe, it's a parade. It's for a marching band. Marching band's got to be a parade. And so they'll, they'll do whatever they need to do in order to, to be a part of that. And then we set some, some hooks to keep them in the marching band. Because marching band's not for everybody, right? Because marching band requires you to be outside, requires you to sweat, requires you to get hot. And so here at Lee County, we have a, we have a couple um, – uh, expectations. If you're in the win ensemble, our top performing ensemble, uh, the, one of those requirements is that you are in the marching band because I want you playing all the time. Um, if you're not in the marching band, it's because you're a varsity athlete. And we do have, uh, we have three, three of those that are varsity athletes. Their sport is in season in the fall. They're football players, they're cross country runners. And, it, you know, that, that, I don't, I don't want to take from the, the school atmosphere. You know, I don't want, I'm not going to say just because you play sports, you can't. No, 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 because I did that. I played basketball all through high school. Uh, Mr. Collins was a baseball player. And, you know, to say that you could only do one, we, we don't want to narrow anybody's opportunity that way. Um, but we, we use it as a hook. And, and we use marching band to teach the skills needed to be successful in the concert literature. Example, yesterday we pulled out Thriller. We're getting ready to get uh, do our Halloween little excerpt for for uh, October uh, 30th. And and we've got a little boom, beat up, boom, beat up, boom, beat up. And so they have to get that offbeat and learn that kind of stuff. Well, today the win ensembles was sight reading um, Buckley's Undercurrents. It's, it's a newer piece, 2016 publication. It's, it's awesome. And it had that similar rhythm. And we, I showed it to them. I was like, hey, do y'all remember this rhythm from yesterday when we did Thriller? They were like, yeah, 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 we got it. I said, look right here and measure, you know, 219, whatever it was. The face is lit up. Oh, my God, there it is again. I said, that Mr. Hill did it again. We tried to, to, to use marching band to teach those skills, whether it's counting, uh, key signatures. We like to play some of the pop music on the radio, but what we'll do is we'll write it and we'll put it in G flat. Kicks and giggles. They know the tune already, but now you got to start on G flat and play it. Play the melody starting on G flat and make some learn and get into that 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 tonality, and and be able to play in those different keys. And then if it doesn't sound in G flat, we'll give them a, a, a revised copy, you know, in B flat or F or something like that, so it's a little bit easier. But we we may start teaching that key or whatever we're doing that week, teaching that stance tune and, and that thing. So we we use marching band as a hook. And then we use it to teach the skills and concepts needed to be successful in whatever our concert literature is going to be for that season or that concert. Um, we try to stay a semester ahead. So what we're, we're teaching the skills now that they're going to need for the spring's literature. Uh, we taught the skills in the springtime for what they needed for this year's marching show and the fall concert literature. We try to stay at least one semester ahead. What types of repertoire are you choosing for marching band? And, and what goes into that decision-making process process and and when do you make those decisions um when we make those decisions we've actually started now thinking about ideas for next year for those listening to the podcast at home it's october 21st yes yeah we, we started october thinking about 
what we want to do next year because uh, we're we're fortunate enough now that we have everything custom done for us. We talked about being custom, and so we've got to get the idea to the to the arranger. We got to get the idea to the percussion arranger. Get the idea to the drill guy. To start talking about costuming and ordering uh, flags that take you know eight weeks to get delivered. And so you know, we start. Uh, I mean, probably about nine months out. Um, as far as a timeline, what goes into it kind of depends on the community that you serve. Uh, what is your community? What's the makeup of it? Uh, what do they like? And it depends on almost how long you've been there. I wouldn't do this show my first year somewhere. I wouldn't do Gatsby my first year at Lee County. I would do one of those feel-good shows that we talked about, uh, like Motown. Our first show here was uh, Music's Royalty. We did Michael Jackson, Queen, Prince, Aretha Franklin. Again, crowd pleasers, because I need them on my side. So when we do something a little more competitive, a little more artsy, something to kind of intrigue us and keep us going mentally as artists, we've got some stock built in. We've got some, we've got some, uh, some equity built up uh, for, per se for the show. Now with this Gatsby show, you're thinking, oh, it's just 20s. Well, we use kind of Leonardo DiCaprio's, I think it's in there, yeah, DiCaprio, his, his version of Gatsby. So it's got some of that new pop flair. Uh, we have um, the Black Eyed Peas, Bang Bang. We've got a Fergie tune in there, a little party, a little party never. And I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. So we do the pop stuff too, that the kids are gonna like, that the crowd's gonna like. Um, we did uh, Money. Uh, we snuck that one in there, a little Pink Floyd. Um, they like that one. And then a Lana Del Rey, uh, Young and Beautiful, which is also from the soundtrack as, as our ballad. And so we, we kind of crossed the gambit again. I, I want something that everybody's going to find something that they like. Um, we talk about this a lot when we pick stands tunes for the year. Uh, I don't like every song on the radio. The radio station that I prefer to listen to, I don't like every song. But I, I like one or two. So when we come to a football game, the crowd is not going to like every song that I play. They're not going to like every stands tune, but they got one or two that they're going to like. Uh, we're going to play one or two pop ones, but they're going to, I'm going to play Hey Baby. I'm going to play Land of a Thousand Dances because I've got an 80-year-old lady that's in the stands that loves Land of a Thousand Dances. You know, I've got a, an older couple, they're 60s and 70s, they love Hey Baby. That's the only thing they come to the game for. Mr. Hill, that Hey Baby was fantastic this time. So why do we play to the old people? Because the old people are the ones that are going to donate to your band program. That's the money people. You know, playing the pop stuff in the radio, that's kind of good, okay. But your peers aren't donating to the band. You know, when we are doing a fruit fundraiser, you know, your, your guy that sits next to you in third period is not saying, all right, man, here's $40. Let me get a large thing of navel oranges. You know, he's not doing that. Uh, but that, that lady in the crowd is. Um, one day we had, a, we had a, uh, a parent. She wanted to hear Earth, Wind, and Fire. She said, I love some Earth, Wind, and Fire, Mr. Hill. That, I just, it just gets me. Yeah, I got something for you. I got something for you. September's coming up. And so we played September. We played Boogie Wonderland or something like that. And she loved it. She came to me after the game. Mr. Hill, you played an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. A couple weeks later, uh, Mr. Hill, can you come to the office? She donated 50 cases of water. She donated 50 cases of water out of the – because she, you know, she was invested in us then. She, we did something that she liked. It took 
four days to learn a, a you know boogie wonderland easy easy tune but it meant that much to her that she wanted to repay and thank us in a way that that made sense that you know providing water for the kids um so you know picking literature is going to determine is, is determined by your location your fan base um we start about nine nine to eight eight to nine months out thinking about show ideas and concepts um, if this show doesn't go over as well with our crowd, maybe we want to get back to more of the rock and roll and hip hop and da 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 kind of stuff. If they really, really enjoyed it, what did they enjoy? Why did they like it? Um, but the thing that's getting us this year with COVID is that we have eight home games. We have eight home games. So to do our competitive show eight times at home gets that monotony, right? So we got to find something to change it up which is why we're going to do the thriller at the end of this year. I mean, at the end of this, this week's show next week, we're going to do this. Um, but we layer the, con the competitive show out also. Uh, the first, first game, we just did the opener, and then we did the opener, and we stood still and played some of the ballot. You know, we kind of bury it up. We added some props in. We started doing this. We added some costumes. They haven't seen the costumes yet for the, for the dancers and, and stuff like that. So we try to give them a little bit more each Friday to give something fresh on the ballot. But – um, yeah, uh, what, your, what your crowd is into, what you like, and how long you've been there. It kind of depends on how much risk you can take. What roles do your middle school directors play in the marching band curriculum? It, as you, I mean, our students know that if they're a middle school director, they're likely been helping out at the high school level. Mm -hmm. So what do your middle school directors do for you? Uh, we're very fortunate here in Lee. We have two fantastic middle school directors. Um, William Smith is one of them. He's an alum of Valdosta State through the MAT program. He's actually our percussion. He's a percussionist, so he's actually our, our percussion specialist for everything. You know, we, we kind of look for him to, to give us guidance on, on, on everything percussion, not just for marching band, and our concert stuff too. Hey, what symbols do I need to buy? Hey, the, the snare drum don't sound quite right. Should I do this? You know, how do I make this work? So he, he, he helps us in that aspect. Uh, and then we have Alyssa Harris, a uh, recent graduate from UGA, clarinet specialist. Uh, she comes in and, and helps too. Here in Lee County, it's, it's a part of their supplement. They, they get paid a supplement to be the assistant at the high school, which is, which is unique. Some places aren't like that. It's just an expectation. You don't get anything extra for it. But here in, in Lee, they're paid. That's part of their, 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 their salary is to, to be the assistant here. So uh, Smith, uh, one of our middle school guys, takes care of everything percussion. He runs the front ensemble and the battery, uh, does a fantastic job. He actually This year he wrote the percussion book. Um, for us. So that's been awesome. And then Alyssa Harris, her first year with us, um, she's actually been in charge of marching. Um, we kind of redefined our technique. Alyssa graduated from a highly competitive high school, uh, Kennesaw, back with Dave McGrath and, and those guys before they moved out to Texas. And so she's got a good handle on, on what it takes to be a competitive high school marching band student. So we've let her kind of take over the feet and redefine our technique. And so she provides that. Uh, we also have an assistant here at the high school, Joel Collins, an, another graduate of Valdosta State, and he he kind of does. He's like me; he does a little bit of everything. We 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 do some of some of everything. But um, right here, our assistants are paid to be um, assistants at, at the high school with the marching band. So we've already discussed this just a little bit, and perhaps we can go a little bit more in depth, but I'm going to combine the next two questions because they're so closely related and we've already discussed them. So 
what music skills are being developed in marching band, like specific music skills, and then what specific music skills do students need to be able to demonstrate by the end of the season? Do you have uh, like uh, playing tests, memorization tests? Do you have smart music things? I don't know. What, what are the skills that they exit marching band with and need to be able to demonstrate and what's being developed? I got you. Um, specifically, one of, one of our big things that we do is, is rhythmic based. Uh, we use marching band to, to showcase a lot of uh, rhythmic understanding and teaching. Uh, we use pop music with a lot of syncopation. Oh my gosh, pop music nowadays is dance music. You know, it's got it's got a groove, it's got a beat, and so we use the marching band to cover all of those. I mean, one of the tunes that we play as a stance tune is um, "Coming to America." So we talk about a little Mozambique type uh, drum groove up under it. And, you know, so. We use a marching band. A lot of the specific skills are going to be rhythmic. Um, we don't do per se pass offs where you got to come in and you got to pass this off for me on on Thursday in a big chart. I used to do that earlier in my career. Uh, you got to play. You got to play. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Um, but I do say. If we're running it in class and measures 27 through 34, or it sounds a little wonky, woodwinds. That's just a featurette at 27 through 34. By Friday, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I would be ready to play that. And then when Friday comes, after we finish the warm-up, we'll go down the line. All right, play it. Play it. Play it. The hardest critic is your peer. And they're nervous. They don't want to mess up in front of their peer. Oh, my God. They'll, they'll rather take a zero. They'd rather not perform at all than to mess up in front of their peer, but we don't allow that to happen. We've created a safe space in our band program and in our band room. If you mess up, that's cool. People make mistakes. It's what you do after it. Are you going to learn from that mistake? Are you going to know that that's F sharp and not F natural and you're going to make sure you play F sharp next time? What you do after that is going to be uh, super, super important. So um, we do do playing tests in that, that form, in that manner. Um, or I'll say, all right, brass players, your feature right here is, is not hitting. Come on, let's hear it. And we'll go one one down the line, one down the line, and then we'll play it with the group to kind of give them that security blanket because, you know, it's always better when they play it. I can play it with everybody, Mr. Hill. I can play it with everybody. <laughs> you can play it with everybody. You can play it by yourself, right? Um, My favorite is I could play it in the practice room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we always ask, well, what was the tempo when you played it in the practice room? What did you have the metronome set on? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I wasn't using the metronome. Right, 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 right. Yeah, or throw out an arbitrary number. I had one tell me, oh, I was playing it at, at 142 in the uh, in the practice room. I said, you were playing this at 142? That sounds good to me. Boom, put the metal on 142. Show me what you got. That section was supposed to be played at 116. He could play it at 116, let alone 142. Um, and, and so we use that again. I'll point him out. We put him on the spot. Hey, you don't know what you're talking about right here. But guess what he did do, guys? He had confidence enough to give me something. He knew he was going to give me some kind of answer. So he had at least a shot at getting something right. Um, and now he's going to make sure that he knows that everybody knows that this section is not played at 142. Everybody has played at what? And we do some little call and response thing. Everybody's played at what? 116. All right, what's the measure number right here is 116. And do some direct instruction uh, that we'll pick up from some of our other classes right there. And then we laugh and, and joke about it. And then uh, we, we move on from it there. But I, again, skills, specific skills, it, we tailor it to the literature that we're going to play. 
uh, the, the following year. Um, like I say, we're really interested in doing this uh, Buckley piece undercurrents for LGPE, and it, it start everybody's plays the same thing. But da da dum, but da da dum, boom. The entire band, tubas, flute, clarinet, everybody playing the exact same thing. And so what we're going to do is uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire has a tune getaway. In the beginning of that, everybody plays the exact same thing. Ba do da da da. And so we'll we'll bring that in, showcase it. They'll play it in the marching band. So when we see that same style or that same type of figure where everybody has the same passage, we can relate it back and it's not a new concept then. It's just the same concept applying it somewhere else, you know, a different level of blooms. So glad you mentioned blooms. We talk about that all oh, the time man, here. You got to know knowledge base, or, you know, application synthesis. Where, I mean, we use it as something that the good ones are using and the good ones are thinking about, you know, scales. Is it strictly knowledge? Is it strictly DOK1? Well, no. It could be if all you do is work on memorizing it. But if you learn where to apply that scale and how you're using the knowledge of that scale in the music to talk about tonality, this section's in B flat. So you see that little run right there. What is that little run? That's just a B flat scale. Or that's A flat or that's C minor. The kids start picking up on that. It's what we do as musicians. We don't look at every note anymore. We're starting to see groups and patterns and this and this and this. And so... Um, yeah, you know, so so that scale jumps up from DOK1 to DOK3, and that was something that's really, really important, and people, you know, pe people are liking it. And being able to speak that language, when you can talk about blooms, when you can talk about uh, your, your DOK levels, articulate that to your administrators. Then you look, oh, shoot, that boy knows something. Okay. The next time you ask for, for $1,000 to go buy a piccolo, you can articulate why, because what we have right here is not on that DOK. <laughs> you, know, uh, you find ways to, to integrate, you know, uh, teaching and speaking the language also of, of uh, the regular education jargon, not just music uh, jargon. Uh, so that's important. Yeah. Learn that bloom stuff, guys. So let's ask the big question. Uh, how does participating in marching band competitions support your overall goals as a music educator? I tell the kids all the time, I have... I, you know, and this is probably, you know, might not be the soundest thing to say. I've got mine. You know, I have my superior trophies. I march drum corps. I've done all of that. But in school, we've developed a competitive aspect. Growing up, we've also developed, they got to have a trophy. They got to have a trophy. Whether they win, lose, or draw, you're supposed to give them a trophy for something, participation trophy. And so as I've hooked you in, to the marching band, I'm also feeding your competitive side by, by, by doing the marching contest. Um, we're, we are competitive. For those listening at home, Mr. Hill is using about 800 million quotes. Here. We are competitive. Uh, we are very select in which competition, which competitions we're going to go to. Um, the biggest thing is I must set my students up for success. I know that I can't take this Gatsby show to a Bands of America style contest. My band is too young as a program. Our feet are too dirty. Our music is not written in that style. It's just not meant for that crowd or that audience. However, contest, and this is, I'm not downplaying anybody's contest or style, but we go to Alabama where 
the, the is like-minded with, with the styles and genres that we do, that crowd, that judging circuit is looking for, we're more successful. And, and that's what I want to do. We want to use that competition to, again, fuel passion and fuel wanting to be a part of the program. If they're successful, people like doing what they, they're successful at. You know, they don't like doing stuff that they're not good at. And think about the practice room. You know, things that you're good at, trouble players. Oh, yeah, I can stream all of that. Yeah, but can you tongue? You know, no, nah, they don't want to showcase their tongue ability because they're sloppy. They haven't broken it down. Um, so if they're good at it and we're successful competing, it just fuels the fire on, on wanting to be a part of it and wanting to, to continue in the activity and helps with growth. That's how we use competitions. Competitions. Um, we also have a lot, you have marching festivals, which are fantastic. You go, you play, you get some trophies. Um, and th that's good too. Those have their place. Those have their place too. It's all about feedback. We really do listen to feedback. We listen to what the judges say. We want to get better. Um, you get to a point where we've seen the show from its infancy. You know, we thought about it when, b before it was even created, oh my gosh, it's going to look like this and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. So right now to us, it's the best as it's ever been. And it's fantastic. But to fresh eyes, they're like, man, this is garbage. Hill. What are you talking about? You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And then I look at it with those eyes, with those comments in my head, and we're able to make adjustments for improvement. Um, it's the same thing we do with our, our concert band stuff. We bring judges in and, 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 and friends and stuff to help us before we go do the real deal for the judges. You know, I played that doggone uh, arabesque a million times. It sounded great. But when I brought somebody else in that had some knowledge about arabesque and listened to it, he told me, Hill, you, your style is wrong right here. You're emphasizing the wrong things. You need to pull this out and pull this out. Um, oh, my God. You know, it, it's, it's kind of eye-opening. You know, think about the times that you come and tell me about releasing the baby bird. Doggone it. I'd have said the same thing to the kids 15 times, but they needed a different way to hear it, a different way to depict it, a different analogy which is the reason why you take the MAT to get into programs because teaching is all about analogies. Um, we needed a different analogy to get that same point across. And as soon as you said that baby bird, I used baby bird yesterday, today, matter of fact, today we were talking about something uh, that was passing a, a line through everything. I said, you can't just leave it there, guys. You can't just let the bird die. Y'all remember Dr. Harper and the bird? And they all start laughing and chuckling. And then the, the young babies that are just now in the one I saw for the first time, they're looking around like, what did we miss? What did we miss? And they start talking, you know, Dr. Harper said about the baby bird. You can't just let the baby bird die. Well, who's Dr. Harper? Oh, you're going to find out he's coming next Tuesday. You know, it's kind of that kind of stuff. And so we continue that, um, continue that stuff. But we use it to uh, continue to generate excitement, have the kids feel successful so we can continue an activity, we continue to grow, and continue to try to check off some of those uh, personal goals that become program goals uh, for, for everything. Awesome. Thank you for being on the pod today. So much appreciated. What parting thoughts might you want to leave us with? Parting thoughts is um, as long as you have a plan, you can, you can do it all. You can, as long as you're prioritizing what's important, you can do it all. You don't just have to do marching band 24 seven. We have a full symphonic band uh, concert coming up. We have jazz band, we have percussion ensembles. We have all this, it's just priority. And the, the biggest thing to accomplish all of that it's planning. You got to get ahead of the curve, kind of deal. If you stay out and, and, and plan properly, you're going to achieve all of your dreams as a professional, but you'll also be able to help those kids achieve their dreams as students too. So, just plan and put in the work. It's it's it's, it's not that bad. You will enjoy your career a lot more 
uh, when you're successful, those kids are successful. Please make sure you read out of the JGAO teaching book, pages 260 through 268. This is chapter 36 about music copyright, which is very pertinent to the subject of marching band. Also, don't forget to mark your calendars for Thursday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. and Thursday, December 10th at 7 p.m. We will all meet as a group and we'll discuss some additional topics and take care of any remaining questions you have for the semester. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye.